Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I am Jade Warshaw. I am joined by Dr. John Deloney, and we are taking your calls. Yes, our powers combined are taking your calls for the next three hours. The number is 888-825-5225. Hit us up. We will do our best to give you our take on advice for your situation. Some say the advice is worth what you pay for it. So give us a call. We're going to go straight to the phone lines where we've got Hannah in Salt Lake City. What's going on, Hannah? Hi there. Thank you so much for taking my call. It's such an honor to to be here and talk to you guys. So thank I feel you. the same. How can we help? Oh, thanks. Um, okay, so to preface my question, which is a little backstory, my dad recently passed away, uh, and he left me and my, thank you, <laughs> he left me and my three siblings his house. Um, we love this house. It's our childhood home, and it is a re- in a really great area of the valley. So ideally, we'd love to keep it in the family by having one of me or my siblings move in or by keeping it as a rental. Um, the only caveat is, is there's still a $250,000 mortgage on the property, so my question for you guys, is there any way for us siblings to successfully co-own the property or are we just kind of romanticizing this idea of having a rental and keeping our childhood home? Just what would you do if you were in my shoes? Um, I think it is a little romanticized to think that you can all three own this property and kind of like be twins on it and everybody's ready to sell it at the same time and everybody's happy with the way it's being managed and who's living there and what they're paying and um ideally it would fall to one sibling and you guys would just say hey um this person is going to take this we're either going to sell it right now and we're going to split it or one person is going to kind of take this on and it's 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 their property they're paying the mortgage and from here on out it's it's theirs my bigger concern is that you've got you've got a $250,000 mortgage but there's probably some accrued equity in that house, right? What do you, what do you, what do you, what have you accrued in it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's probably just because of the area, it's probably worth six, six and a half. So I've never seen this situation and I'm sure it exists. So this is just my experience. I've never seen this situation where there isn't one of the siblings, wife, husband, or girlfriend who's saying, Hey, this $200,000 would change our life. Let's sell. And right. so sometimes the siblings are all lock stock. It's one of their kids gets in trouble and they suddenly need $50,000. Or one, that one brother that always left his underwear out, his kids are going to leave their underwear out all over this house, right? And it just becomes a management way. And so, yeah, you end up, you end up causing more internal family challenge. As Jade said, if one person said, I'll take ownership of this, I'm going to manage it, I'll, make, I'll pay the whatever. And if y'all want to rent the house or if you want to Airbnb it, I won't charge you, but your family will just have to, to say, we're going to be there for this week, this particular year. Um, maybe that would work. Maybe but there's still a piece of it that when they sell, people are going to want their cut of what equity was. That's right. So th- how many siblings yeah, is, it, is it? <laughs> so it's me and my three other siblings. So it's and four like, of you. You know, it needs, yeah, there's four of us. So essentially right now, Sorry, I'm just trying to get my head around the numbers. Essentially, right now, with the equity there, after you know, before fees and stuff, you'd each have a hundred thousand dollars in equity. Right. Okay. Okay. What were you saying? Yeah. No, I was just saying. um, I know one of my siblings would just want out. I don't think that they would want to manage it. So it'd be like up to the three of us. 
But again, we'd have to like buy her out somehow. I, I know it sounds messy. I was just wondering if I'm, you know, I'm kind of deep in the grief and the emotion. So well, that, and that's the I bigger picture. How long, how long ago yeah. did your dad pass? It's been about four months. Okay. So. My rule of thumb is six months to a year, do nothing. Okay. So continue to pay this bill. And as you, as you said, y'all are just now slowly starting to come out of the fog, right? Mm-hmm. And some of y'all will come out in different stages. And so maybe say, hey, brothers and sisters, we're going to put a date on the calendar for seven months after dad passed. And we're either going to get together in person if possible, or we're all going to have a Zoom call. And we're going to talk about A, how everybody's doing, and then B, next steps. And if there's usually in this situation, there's one sibling that is to the death, we will never sell this house. Right. And then it's like, <laughs> cool, then you get to buy it. And there's one or two that are like, oh, I'll kind of, or wishy-washy, I'll kind of go along. And then there's one that's like, no, I want my money right now. And because that's usually the dy- the dynamic, is that the dynamic in your house? Dude, that's, a, that you got it. <laughs> okay. That's the exact dynamic. <laughs> so usually, and, and, and it just turns into, oh, you don't care about dad. You just start throwing away our whole life all the way to, hey, dad left me this money. I want my money. And so a way to just do away with all that is that one person who's just diehard can buy it from everybody and we'll sell it and we'll get a mortgage and you can you can take it over. Um, or we're going to get a realtor and we're going to split it and we're going to sell it. And it's just going to be it's going to be painful and we're going to have to vote on it. Is there an executor to the will that gets the final call? Um yeah, my brother is the ex- I don't I don't know if it's an ex- executor. I'm not 100%, okay. but like I know my brother, he's the one that's kind of like in charge of like my dad's financial end of okay. things. And he's so he's the one, the one that will actually make the mortgage payment for the next three months while y'all are waiting. Yeah. Okay. And like my dad has money in the, well, had my, you know, there's still money in the bank. So luckily okay. the mortgage is still coming out of there. So, but yeah, Great. he's been in charge. Oh, okay. That's good. Does he want to keep it? So. Yep. Okay. And he's very much like he has a rental and he has a primary residence and then he used, you know, a HELOC to, to buy his residence now. And so I think that's kind of his plan with this next property is to okay. HELOC. And then obviously I, I am a fan of the Ramsey Kool-Aid, so right. I don't, I'm not a hundred percent with that, but. Well, he's, yeah. he's a grown, grown up. He gets to make his own financial decisions. What you get to decide is whether you're going to participate or not. Right. And I think the best thing for your relationship with your family moving forward is to not have a business relationship on top of mm-hmm. the sibling relationship. Right. And if he's going to keep it as a rental, I love the idea of, I've got some friends that have properties overseas. I got properties in like lake houses. Their brothers and sisters just put on the calendar when we're going to, when we want to go. And that's awesome. That's great. Um, And then it's rented out the other parts of the year. Um, So you still get to hang on to it a little bit here and there. I just think that wound is so fresh. And then after six months, after a year, it just becomes more and more just a house, right? It just becomes just a house. And right now it feels like I'm hanging on to dad. We're really not, but but that's just hard to do right now. It's so fresh. I'm sorry you lost your old man, dude. Thank you. I'm yeah, sorry. it sucks, but yeah, that's life. Great Appreciate question. It. Thank you so much. You bet. That's tough, man. You know, it's. I think it's hard enough when you try to do business with family members, but then when you add a layer of grief yeah. to it, it's just, it's a disaster, I feel like, waiting to happen. That's why that rule, that six month to a year, if you can avoid doing anything, um, Sometimes somebody passes away on a Friday and you got to go work on Monday, yeah, right? Yeah. You got to pay bills. But if you can avoid selling something, moving away, immediately jumping into a new relationship, if you can avoid and just sit with your grief for six months to a year, the fog begins to lift. Your new priorities begin to come into, into clarity and it just gives you some direction on what's next. Yeah, that's really, really good. 
oh, I feel bad for them, but I'm happy that, you know, a good man leaves an inheritance. That's so I'm glad that he neat, left neat. an inheritance and in a way that it's being paid for out of his money until they decide what they want to do with the asset. This is The Ramsey Show. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw. Next to me is Dr. John Deloney. We're taking your calls. It's your life, your money. The show exists honestly solely for you. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. Whatever's going on, we'll help you sort it out. Your neighborly question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. No more scrolling through pages of internet results. Neighborly is the one place you'll find a variety of home service professionals you can rely on to do the job right or Neighborly will make it right. That's the Neighborly done right promise. Learn more at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. Today's question comes from Mason in Washington. Mason writes, when I started college, my parents took out a parent plus loan, which I verbally agreed to help pay back. Now that the loan repayments have started, my parents said they are only going to help for one year. The loan is now over $71,000 and the payments are $800 a month. My wife and I have another loan for $60,000, which we are starting to pay off, but we do not have money to pay the loan under my parents' name. I'm literally shaking while I'm typing this email. Please help. All right, Jade, I'll go first, and then you can uh, tell me if I'm off base here. Um, so mom and dad, uh, Mason wanted to go to a school that the family couldn't afford, and so they took... they. Mason took out all of the student loans he could under his own name. Uh-huh. And then the government said, hey, that's the that's the most you can take out. Um, if you have to go to this school, if you just are out of your mind and, and unwilling to stop at any of the breaks we're putting on for you, your parents can also, mm-hmm. also take out money. And then Mason turned around and told his parents, hey, I'm going to help you pay this off. And they said, okay. So they took out this loan. They shook hands uh, or verbally agreed. And then the repayment started. There's no, there's no plan. There's no map. There was no, hey, we're going to do it at this, at this rate over this period of time. So mom and dad put down a map and said, mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to help you for one year. Then you're going to take over repayments. And now they've created a world where they can't live. Right? It's one hundred thirty-one thousand dollars in, in what looks to be undergraduate loans. And so, my two thoughts on this are: number one, maybe mom and dad put down plan one because there was no plan. Mm-hmm. And maybe sitting down with your mom and dad and saying, look, I get it. I did say I was going to help pay this back. I don't have 800 extra dollars a month to, to do this. So it's going to have to go in order of what I'm able to do. Right. That's number one. Number two, Mason, you said you'd pay it back. So you got to pay it back. This is, this, is, this is the agreement you made. Now, I'll help you. When you were 18, probably meant something different than to you than it did to your parents. Right? I mean... The thing with debt is, in this case, he's feeling like, man, my, my parents, they changed the terms. It was supposed to be them helping like for life, and now they've decided they're only helping for one year. Or there were no terms, and now you're like just going to yeah. put terms on this? Like, yep, it's but, a $70,000 transaction. But the bigger discussion here, and I hope what you learned from this, Mason, is debt always changes the terms. Like the terms always change, whether you took out a, a student loan and you had the right job to be able to make the payments. And then the terms change when you lost your job and now you can't make the payment. Like with when it comes to debt, there's always something that has the ability to change the terms and make it unaffordable or inconvenient. And that's why I hate debt. Um, I hope that you learned a lesson from this, which is if you can't afford it, don't sign for it and don't let anyone else sign for it either. If I'm you and I have been you, by the way. 
Um, I've been in a situation where there are parent plus loans and we just paid them back. Like we just paid them back because think about your, think about the other option, right? The other option is I don't pay it um, or I don't try to make inroads to pay it. And I can continue to just erode this relationship with my parents because my guess is if they've tried to bow out of this, it's because also they can't afford it. And so there's really no good scenario that allows you to not pay this bill and still have some form of intact relationship with your parents. Like I just can't see a road where you just go, okay, fine. Well, I'm not paying it either because it's in their name. And so it's going to erode their credit and their, their good names. So there's just, you got to pay it at the end of the day. If you just kind of roll it back to its simplest form, you needed money to do something that you wanted to do and you let somebody sign for it. But at the end of the day, all the money still went to you. Like it still went for you. And so in that way, I'd be like, man, just pay it. And sometimes when we get this call, we get this call parent and parents say, Hey, we're going to take this from you. Yeah, We're doing this. And then they change the terms two years later. I'll tell, I'll tell Mason, Hey man, they they can't, they told you this is going to be theirs. Yeah. Right. Uh, But here we are. I think it's also important to note. I don't know a relationship in the world ever that is not changed by you owe me money. I here, yeah. Here's a good example. The other day we were getting together for a battle of bands. We ordered some pizzas and I told the guy, hey, pick up the pizzas. I'm going to be in a meeting and I'll Venmo you. I haven't Venmoed him the money yet. He texted me last night for something totally unrelated. And you felt? And I felt it. Yeah. Like I owe that dude money. Even though it's like 18 bucks. It's pizza, right? <laughs> and it's not like I'm in debt to him. Yeah, yeah. But it... it it, whether you were that guy who had a friend who was always like, hey, you owe me 428 for Wendy's, right? Mm-hmm. Or you owe your parents $70,000. Debt always causes mm-hmm. cancer in a relationship, period, mm-hmm. end of story. Mm-hmm. The bank tells you what to do. The car finance companies tell you what to do with your life. Your father tells you what to do with your life, mm-hmm. even though you have your own new family because of owing them money because of debt. And let's just put this in terms that anybody will be able to understand because this is what's just really rich about this situation. You took out the student loans so that you could have the dream job or that dream career that you thought for sure would be enough to be able to make the student loan payments. And now you're, and I quote, I'm literally shaking while I'm typing this. And I just want anybody listening who's thinking about taking out student loans because they think, oh, I'm going to land that career. Like, I'm definitely going to pass my the bar and I'm going to pass the LSAT and I'm going to be able to do this job and make so much money. It's going to ROI no time. We see it every single day. This guy's like, I don't know what to do. I have a $70,000 student loan. I can't make the payment. My wife has a $60,000 a $60, student loan. If we do, like, we can't live like this. And so I want you to hear real people saying real things about how, loans and how debt works it's always it always sounds like a good idea on the front end and it always comes back to bite you in the butt on the back end so here you have it Ooh. sorry mason yeah i wish we had i wish i had a better diagnosis but you're in debt you gotta pay it that's it all right let's go to trevor who's in grand rapids michigan what's going on trevor let's make it quick i only have a couple minutes i'm sorry about that no problem um hello um uh quickly then um I started a new job early in September or September of last of 2023. Okay. I, I made in about four months from September for the middle of September to the middle of January, I made, including a bonus, about $42,000. 42000 Okay. Before, before taxes. 
but so about 30k afterwards okay um my question right now is i have an opportunity in my in my hometown which is a couple hours from grand rapids uh-huh. to purchase a house for the house is forty one thousand dollars forty one thousand dollars yes and it's a two-bedroom one half bath with hardwood floors and a partial basement okay my 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 stress here is that I have six thousand dollars still saved for that I could use towards a down payment and have about another six for safety and payments and everything. Wait, why why are you why are you only working a seasonal job? Why aren't you working another job right now? Um, I tech I am. Okay. But it's very it's a lot less. The payments in my in my hometown are it's very rural, so income is very is a lot less than my seasonal job. What would you what would you make per month on the other months? Um I'm sorry, what was the question? What would you make on the other months that are, you you get just other work besides oh, a seasonal job? Um It's about $1,000 a month. Okay. Hey, um I'm going to hold you over. Tell me a little bit more. I'm going to hold you over um until the next segment because I want to hear more from this. So the house is $42,000. I'm sorry, the house is $41,000. In the last four months, you've made 42000 But out of that, you've yes, only yes, saved 6000 for a down payment? I use a large portion of it to pay off other debt. Okay. All right. Hang on I the line. Hang on the line. I'm going to bring you back for the next segment so we can hear a little bit more about this situation. This is The Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. This is The Ramsey Show. Thanks for listening. I'm Jade Warshaw. Next to me is Dr. John Deloney. So if you want to speak to us about what's going on in your life, your marriage, your finances, your job, your relationships, give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225, and we will chop it up with you uh before this segment we had a, a a guy on the line his name was trevor he was talking to us about his situation he's in grand rapids michigan and uh he uh is thinking about buying a house for forty one thousand dollars and uh he's telling us about the fact that he has a, a seasonal job at this point over the last four months or so he's brought in forty two thousand dollars it sounds like he's used that money to clear some debt and he wants to know if it's a good idea for him to purchase this property trevor are you still there Yes, ma'am. Awesome. So did I get that right? Yes, pretty much. Okay, so tell tell me a little bit more. You've got the seasonal job. You're bringing in around 10000 bucks a month for this job. And then on the off-season, you have another job that makes you how much per month? 
About a thousand. About a thousand. So that's a big that's a big difference. And there's no way that you can think of that that number would go up, right? Because of the ruralness no. of where you w- live. And to my my yeah. point, I, I'm asking, is there something online that you can do that doesn't necessarily um, limit you to your location where you can make um, normal money? I I hadn't thought of that before, but it's definitely something I probably should look into. So thank you for pointing well, that and, out. And by the way, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I live in a really yes, rural sir. area. Yes, sir. And... Whether it's mowing or picking up sticks or my 14-year-old shovels horse cha-cha out of the barn all summer long <laughs> and then spreads it over the fields for our neighbor. Like, I feel like there's always work to be done out in rural areas. It's not fun work and it's it can be miserable, but oh, there's yeah. always work, right? Yeah, absolutely. So is it a possibility that f- like from just before it gets light outside to just before the sun, go- just after the sun goes down, you can get out there and find $1,500 worth of work a month? Yeah, I, I'm sure I could, and I probably will. Yeah, yeah. I think it's... Impo- I just got home a little bit ago. I think it's yeah. important. I don't think you can... I don't think that you can go seven months out of the year and only make $1,000 a month. Yeah, that's pretty tough. So that's that's thing one. Let's find out more about this house situation. So you let me know. And by the way, let me clarify... It's five months out of the year, right, that you're doing this seasonal job. So over the last five months, you've made somewhere around eight thousand, eighty-five hundred bucks a month. You told me that you were putting that towards debt. What kind of debt was it? It was uh, car loan and student loans. Did you pay it off completely? There's about two thousand dollars left on my student loans. Okay, and that's the only debt you have to your name. Yes. Cool. Okay, so here's the framework that I would use to decide if it's time for me to buy a house. And- and- just Go quick ahead. correction, I only worked four months. The season starts in March and ends in January. And there's like a one-year, you're supposed to work a one-year break sometime in there. You said it starts so in March and ends in January. Time. I thought you told me no. you worked from seven, some, from September into January. Yeah, I just that's when I got the job. It's a brand new, it was a brand new job. So I started you. near the middle of the season. So it's about a nine-month work season with... um. About like you're supposed to take like a month off to relax because you're you're out doing this. I'm a sailor, so you're okay. out there for about four months at a time, four to five months at a time. And are you going to reliably make about eighty five hundred bucks a month? Yeah, for those nine months. Yeah. Okay. okay. Got it. Okay. So now I've got it. Um, back to the framework. The framework that I would use for you and honestly anybody who called in here to decide if it's time to buy a house is number one, I want to be completely debt free. Like that's the number one caveat. You've got to be debt free. And number two, you need to have in your case, I'd have six months of expenses saved because you do seasonal work because of the nature of where you live. I just want to make sure it's ironclad if there's an emergency. And then from there on, in this case, is I mean, are you were you planning to finance this house or try to find a way to buy it out? Right. What was your plan? I was planning on financing. Okay. So at that point, then it's like, okay, I'm going to try to put up to 20% down and do a down payment. So I've got to save up money for that. And then if you're financing it, you know, you're doing a 15 year fixed rate mortgage like everybody else where the payment is no more than 25% of your take home. And that's where it's at. Now, if I can be completely honest in your situation with the money that you're making and with the money that you have the potential to make, if this is what real estate costs, I'm trying to pay for this bad boy in cash. 
$41,000? It is very discounted. Why? For my area. Why is it so um, discounted? Uh, currently, my best bet is it is a foreclosure. So you're paying off the, the mortgage and then you have you have the house. And then it needs a bunch of work? No, from what I saw, no. Yeah, the, for, for, the key there is from what you it. saw. Interesting. Yeah. Just yeah. make sure you're doing some research on this property. Yeah, you can get into a $40,000 house yeah. that needs new foundation and floor and walls and roof, and that $40,000 house suddenly costs $200,000, and you're in a mess. I mean, a good way to Ooh. test. I mean, obviously, you can get a foreclosure for a lot less expensive, but I'm still wanting to know what real estate in that area costs. Yeah. Because I'm like, is there um, water damage? Is there mold? Is there how long has it been sitting empty? Like, there's a lot of questions that I would have if I were the buyer of this yeah. property. Yes, ma'am. Um, that house should probably go for uh, anywhere between a hundred to eighty thousand dollars. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, my my thoughts remain the same. Once you pay off this two thousand of debt that you have remaining you know, stack up that six months of expenses as quickly as possible. And then you're saving up that down payment as much as you possibly can. I mean, we always say five to 20%, but in this case, it's such an inexpensive property. Get as much as you possibly can and uh, do it like that. And honestly, if it goes off the market, it goes off the market. Like don't get it. If you're, if those areas are not in place, don't skip the steps and try to get this house. I wouldn't. Yeah. Cause it's not a deal then. Yeah. It's not a deal. Um, and if I know you, you often can't do this or usually can't do this with foreclosures, but if there's any way you can take somebody who knows what they're doing, a construction friend or an inspector, and even take a lap around the house Sniff and look under the house and look through the windows just to see what you're biting off, uh, man, 40000 bucks in a neighborhood that normally goes for 100 to 125 that tells me the bank's just not going to concede $60,000, right? That tells me that there may be some work that needs to be done in there. Mm-hmm. And man, I'd hate for you to have a $40,000 house mortgage, even though it's basically nothing. But now you've got to do a bunch of stuff to even make it livable. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a problem. Yeah. I always tell people that if you're if you're trying to buy a house, there's just a lot of cost that goes into it that we don't always talk about and you do yourself a big favor a by doing your research on the front end before you even make an offer but then when you do make an offer yeah there's this money has to be in place number one you do have to have three to six months of expenses because home ownership is expensive and then i tell people to go in with a stacked deck and it's just an acronym the d is for down payment because that's a lot of money you know five to twenty percent that's a lot of cash to have on hand and then understand that if you had a contingent to sell, you also have to put down earnest money. And if your down payment and all that money is contingent on the sale of your other house, that earnest money has to a lot of times go first. So you have to be, you even though it becomes part of your down payment, you have to have that money on hand when you make the offer. And then see, of course, you've got closing costs that are in there. And then for the K, it's you've, you've got to keep in mind costs of appraisal and costs of moving, right? So you got to get a truck and you've got to buy boxes and bubble paper and all these things that really jack up the price uh, more and more and more. So, you know, I, I feel like it's worth talking about, John, that buying a house is already expensive because of the way the world is right now. But don't get caught slipping because when Sam and I bought our first house, I was shook. I was like, I didn't know about all this. It's just like most people just talk about that down payment and you're good to go. And as my husband and I learned the other day, homeownership, you got to have that emergency fund in place. We were sitting in our in our recliners and uh, just watching, 
one minute you're watching Suits, the next minute you have a leak, right? And we're just sitting there watching Suits and my husband looks up at the ceiling. He goes, hey, what's that? And I'm like, oh, it's water, water. And now there's a giant hole cut in our ceiling. Oh boy. And you got to call Hiller to come over or, you know, <laughs> whoever it is, it up for you, come fix right. it up. And you know what? You got to dig into the emergency fund. And so there's a way to do this where owning a home is a blessing and not a burden. And when you do it the way that we teach, it's just that it's a blessing. This is The Ramsey Show. Listen, everyone needs ID theft protection. It doesn't matter your age, how much money you have, or where you live. We all worked too hard to build our personal and financial reputations to have some thief rip them to shreds. Trust me, it's an absolute nightmare if you become a victim. But wasting money on overhyped, expensive plans doesn't make sense either. That's where Xander's ID theft plan comes in. They've bundled together the services you need at pricing that can't be beat. Whether you're looking for monitoring that includes your home title, VPN encryption, unlimited recovery services, or stolen funds protection, you'll get that and more at great value while dealing with people you can trust. I've seen these guys in action, which is why I have Xander's plan for my family and our entire team. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282 to get protected. Save money and stay ahead of the identity theft nightmare. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm your host today, Jade Warshaw. Your other host for the day is Dr. John Deloney. If you want to give us a call and talk about your situation, you can do just that. The number is 888-825-5225. Man, we're just happy you're here. We're happy that you're listening. And if you love The Ramsey Show, if you didn't know this, we have a really cool headquarters here in Franklin, Tennessee. You can come hang out in our lobby. People come almost every day that we host and they they fill up the lobby. We have free coffee and cookies and snacks. And Mr. Janelle is probably one of the nicest ladies that you're ever going to meet at the door. It's pretty awesome. So if you're in the area, we'd love if you stopped by sometime. That would be amazing. All right. Let's go to the phone lines where we've got Adriana in Philadelphia, PA. What's going on, Adriana? Hey, thanks so much for taking my call. You're welcome. How can we help? Um, so I am 40 weeks pregnant tomorrow. I'm due to have my baby anytime now. Wow. Um, wow. Today, uh, yeah, it's super exciting. It's our first baby. So congrats. Really congrats. To that. Thank you. Um, today was supposed to be my last day of work before maternity leave. However, uh, when I logged on, I had a message in my inbox inviting me to a meeting with HR. Um, in that meeting, we found out that they're shutting down our branch. Um, I work in corporate travel, so the whole Philadelphia office is getting shut down. And we all lost our jobs today. Shoot. So, oh, man. Yeah. it's. Um, I mean, I'm beyond shocked. I'm devastated. I'm scared. Um, no one I saw this coming. I should be worried about pushing a baby out, and I'm more worried about <laughs> what the heck I'm going to do um, from for money mm. after this because I don't have a job to go back to. Yeah. Um, so I just need some help navigating what to do moving forward. I can kind of give you guys the bullet points. I'm going to have Jade walk you through the money part of this, but here's what I want to tell you. Whenever you get these flash, everything just caught on fire real fast, right? I always yeah. want to go down to a, a phrase that gets me through all the crisis response stuff, um, talking to families who just lost someone or about to lose somebody. Wild situations. A guiding phrase for me is, facts are my friend. 
and yeah. I'm going to be angry tomorrow. I'm going to be outraged next week. But today, I need to know if we have food for the next 30 days. See what I'm saying? Right. And so yeah. facts are your friends. J- Jay's going to walk that through, but I want you and um, as you and your family, y'all go through this, your whole life's about to be different. You're about to have this amazing moment. Um, you're right. That that takes all your priority. Unless, of course, we don't have enough money, right? And we got to figure this out. And so maybe the next three months, we're going to be you staying at home. Maybe suddenly that's changed. Facts are your friends. That doesn't mean it's great. That doesn't mean it's good. That means we're going to cry. We're going to be angry. We're going to grieve. But what do we have to do moving forward, right? Right, right. So let's yeah. let's find some things that we can cling to as facts because um, I, I, do, I do think that's a great idea. So it's you and your husband. Does your husband work outside the yes, home? Yes, he does. Um, he does, and he makes um, about 50 or he makes 100000 after taxes. Uh, take home, it's about 6000 a month um, between his job, and then he does side work as well. He's a mechanic, so. Okay, and what addition and does we, he bring and in? And can live off his income, so that's. That's right good. there, that's the fact uh, that you need to cling to. No, we're just talking baby. That's it. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Just knowing that, I mean, of course, it's always nice to have extra money, especially when your family is expanding. But in my mind, like I'm looking at this right now, Adriana, I'm going, oh, God, this could have been so much worse. Like you could have been telling me that you're a single mom and you just got laid off and there's no money. But the fact that you're here, you've got a guy who's working, he's making enough money for you guys to live off of. That is the big exhale. Right. And it's going to take, so we've never lived on a budget before. I, I actually, I caught your live segment with George um, a couple of days ago and I nice. just downloaded the every dollar app and signed up for the, the trial for premium. Great. Um, and we just put together our first budget um, for, for March. Great. Um, That's so good. I'm so proud of you. That's yeah. exactly what you should be doing. <laughs> um, very, very good. And so this is going to be an experiment for you guys. This is going to be new because what were you earning at the at the job before you were laid off? Um, about 60000 a year. Um, take home was about 3000 a month. So um, like give or take, that's like conservative because uh, a lot of my income was commission. So um, it was like most months we were bringing in between like nine and even 10000 on really good months. Yeah. So it looks like, you know, that's that was probably um, if we look at it just in chunks, that was probably a lot of your fun money, like a lot of the money that you guys spent just being able to do things here and there and it not being. Yeah, Yeah. it not being a a, a thing. A lot of that money is gone right now. But the good news is, like you said, his income is enough to cover, you know, the things that need to get done and the, the necessary requirements. And when you look at that budget, is there I mean, is there margin for what you feel needs to take place in your life with a baby coming up? So I, you know, I, I don't know how to even plan for that because we don't have, neither of us have kids. Um, I, I don't know like how much diapers are going to cost. A million dollars. $50 a box. A million dollars. And by the way, tell your sweet husband, babies poop more than once or twice a day. They go like a thousand times a day. And I did not know that. They do. You go in the, in the first Six months, you go through a lot of diapers. <laughs> We're just going to be honest about that. But we do have a nice stash. We had a little diaper party, so we have a oh, nice yeah. stash. Good. Luckily. And your friends and family, they're like, um, hey, what do you guys need? And they're not really being serious. You can just be look at them with that look of wild, exhausted desperation and say, diapers, send yeah. diapers. Send right? diapers. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, can I give you an experiment? We did also. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Do your thing, and, and I'll tell you at the end. 
Uh, well, I was going to tell you, um, we did also, like, we have been kind of budgeting because I was originally, it's going to be an unpaid maternity leave. So we do have our little uh, stork fund, I think is what you guys call yes. it. Um, so we have that. And the plan with that, so, and this is kind of where I need help. The plan with that, we were going to use that to pay whatever the hospital bill ends up being. Um, That's great. Who knows what it's going to be because the insurance company has given me zero help with that. Well, um, so you're most gonna likely going to, you're almost most likely going to meet your deductible. Like almost always, okay. I feel like. And by the way, if you call the hospital administrator and request a walk out the door number, they'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. I would not rely on the insurance company. I would talk to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a really good point. Um, I didn't know you could do that, but on both of my kids, we, so walk, we were... I walked into the hospital to have the kid. Now, barring like you know, there's a complication in the pregnancy or something, an emergency or something. But mm-hmm. I walked right. in with both kids, um, knowing exactly the check I was going to write walking out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we should we should still plan on just paying that in full with our little stork fund. Absolutely, right? that's what it's for. What is your stork fund? How much is there? We have like a little less than ten thousand. It's about ninety five hundred. Now okay, here's good. here's the other thing. So I was told since we're being laid off, I do get a small severance of about Sweet. five thousand dollars. Okay. And they're also gonna pay me out for the next sixty days, which is a bonus because I wasn't even gonna be making any money. Okay. How so, much is that? So um, another six thousand? Yeah, like when it's all said and done, six thousand plus the five so like I'll make like an extra like 11 grand in the next three months. Great. Um, and I want to know, cause our plan, we wanted to use our savings to pay off some debt. We have about $56,000 in debt. Okay. Um, and I'm wondering if now that I don't have a job, like should we pause that and just not necessarily, stack like stack? not necessarily. If you know that you can live off your husband's income at this point, I wouldn't pause it. it. It would be one thing if you said, hey, like my husband's income's not enough to make ends meet. Well, then it's like whatever money you have, like we're being, we're counting every bean, we're, okay. you know, but you said, listen, we can live off my husband's income. We've got, I've got a, an extra 10 or $11,000 coming. I'm throwing that towards my debt. Now I'm keeping $1,000 saved just for that, that starter emergency fund. But everything else, once the baby's here, once the baby's bill is paid for, I'm 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 throwing all of this money into debt. Um, that's okay. exactly what I would do. And here it is. Facts to your friends. You're safe. You got enough money to pay for everything. You got extra money coming in. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving this company one second of my grief while I'm bringing this beautiful new baby into okay. the world. They don't get that Be vote joyful. in your life. We're going to have fun now because we we, we're all good. Mm-hmm. We're all good. Ooh, love that. Yeah. Um, When it comes to babies, I'm always saying, like, save up for your deductible, save up your out-of-pocket max. It just helps you sleep well at night, regardless of what takes place. Thanks for listening. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships, the actual kind. And I am here with Dr. John Deloney. I'm Jade Warshaw. We are hosting this hour of the show for you, America, and those of you listening abroad. You can give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. And um, somebody very wonderful will pick up the phone and screen it, and then we will talk to you. We'll chop it up. Whatever's going on with your life, your money, we'll help you sort it out. Let's go straight to the phone lines where we've got Lindsay from Toledo, Ohio. What's going on, Lindsay? 
Hi, Jane John. Thank you so much for taking my call. You betcha. So I was just hoping to get your guys' insight on a fun little debate my husband and I are having. <laughs> yeah, me and Jill are fighting. So, what about? I love it. <laughs> um, actually, so we're a baby of step four, five, and six. And we feel really blessed to have found out that my husband's being included on his bonus, um, his company's like bonus payout okay. this year. He started halfway through the year, so we weren't really expecting it. Um, the debate is on what we should do with that money. How much so is it? It's, um, so, so I got a bonus of two grand, um, and then his is 10 after taxes. Nice. And 12 Gs. Yeah. So we have some sinking funds for home improvements and, um, you know, kids college giving and our mortgage. So, um, I'm leaning a little bit toward putting a little bit larger of a chunk toward the mortgage and he's deciding a little bit more toward, uh, putting a lot more of a chunk toward, um, home improvements. Okay. Uh, the home improvements, is this just for fun or is it like this needs to, like, we got to get this done? It's for fun. It's we're doing, we want to do siding and garage doors are the big ones. Oh, me um, too. Can I just say me too? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I need some siding in my garage door. I think was built by a small chipmunk. It's time. <laughs> That's funny. Good on you. Good on you. So, okay. So, other question is, are you guys currently... I mean, you're in baby steps four, five, and six, so it goes without saying that you're investing 15% um, into retirement. Without the bonus, are you still putting away a little bit for kids college every month? Are you still putting a little extra on the mortgage or have you not touched those categories yet? Um, Yeah, so with a little bit extra each month that like how we've been going is we're gonna pay off our mortgage in 10 years. And um, we don't really, we put a little bit in the kids' college, but we don't have like, that's the one thing. We haven't set like an actual number that we're trying to hit. Um, we just kind of throw a little bit in there each month. Um, we have four kids, so we do like 50 with the, for each kid. Um, okay. And then, yeah, so the quotes we got for our home improvements, we're, we're, the number we're trying to hit is like 25, between 25 and 30 grand. Um, we have five, about five so far. And okay. so... My husband's leaning a little bit more toward like, let's put a really big chunk and we could just get that out of the way. Um, and I'm, my husband thinks I, he just jokes as I'm like trying to baby step to the mortgage. Um, well, let me tell you, okay. You tell yeah, me what you, fun ruiner, Lindsay. <laughs> you tell me what you think about this because this is what me and my husband, Sam do. You know, it sounds like you're taking care of business on the baby steps front with your normal, you know, month to month money. And so whenever extra money comes in, you know, I kind of put it under that framework of, okay, what can you do with money? You can give, save, and spend it. And so whenever there's extra money coming in, it's what what is something that we're doing to give some of this money? What's something that we're doing to save some of it? And what's something we're doing to have fun and spend it? And honestly, all the categories you said fall under one, under one of those categories. So to do home improvements, hey, that's a little spending money. That's that's fun. Like that's something fun that you can do. Kids college, that's you giving, right? Because you're giving money for your kids' education and it's mm-hmm. a gift for them. And then the mortgage, that's that in a way, that's that's you saving money because it's a forced savings account um, that you're building equity with that home. And so you could look at this twelve thousand and say, let's just split it evenly and let's put, you know, four thousand to each of these categories and call it a day. 
and that might be the way you solve it. But if you're one of these people who's like, I have to complete one of them, then it's like, then you just you just decide, okay, is $12,000 enough to do all of the home improvements that we want to do? And then it's just knocked off the list, you know, from now until whenever the next thing pops up. Or, I mean, it's not enough to pay off the mortgage and it's not enough to cap off their 529s. So I kind of like the idea of either, I would either do the home improvement project and it's done and done or i would just be like all right i'm i'm splitting this equally three ways can i add one more thing to it go ahead so Lindsay, often i'm like you like whenever we had our mortgage i kept wanting to baby step to it and i'll never forget after being married for 20 years my wife was came to me and said hey um (laughs) could we get a headboard that's not off craigslist that you spray painted in our backyard wow three houses ago and i was like you know what that's so me today's gonna be your i'm a great husband right i'm the worst so um but here's what i found myself falling into is i just had this idea that i wanted to pay it off faster and for my wife that was a moving target because no matter how much extra we put for put on the mortgage a particular month my my particular finish line moved because i wasn't chasing a number i was chasing a feeling and so I like the idea what Jade said is, okay, we're going to we're gonna put it all in home improvements. We need to get $5,000 more and we're going to knock all these home improvements out. But here's the trade. The trade is, instead of doing this in 10 years, I want to take off one year of the mortgage. And that means we're going to have to put this much more a month. Are you in on that? Do you see what I'm saying? And that way it's not, I just want to pay it um, off faster. Okay. Versus, and that's going to hold you accountable to not being dragged around by your feelings but it's also going to give him your husband a a finish line okay we can do this and here's a, a way we can make this thing worth math work mathematically and both of y'all can be at peace you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. yes yes that actually that is perfect i the only the only bad part about that is i see the like that's the best way to go my husband's gonna think he's winning this argument <laughs> you gotta let Listen. that go sister that ego's gonna <laughs> bury you yeah let it's, it go it's all it's all in fun it's all in fun. i know i know um, but yeah no that that uh that that's actually a really good idea because i i do know he speaks kind of truth where i sometimes do get a little bit fired up and passionate about um you know focus on one target but he is like slow down (laughs) well i don't mind passion about one target but let's be very clear about that target is Mm -hmm. not just i want to pay this off faster Mm -hmm. all right what does that mean and how much is it going to take for us to get there yeah i'm with that i'm with that i like it because the fact of the matter is for some people like paying off debt whether it's their actual debt or their mortgage or whatever it is like they get energy from that they feel like they're accomplishing something and it feels great and then there's another spouse that it feels totally draining and it's like how much more money are we going to throw down this dark hole you know and it just feels like you're tossing money away even though with a mortgage you are getting something in return for a lot of personality types it does feel like it's just this dark hole that you're tossing you know ten thousand dollar bills into you're just melting your joy away yeah so it's so so important when you get to those upper baby steps four five and six to do really what john said and just make sure that you're having those clear conversations and that you're not just bulldozing through not to say that she's a bulldozer because she's not but y'all y'all understand what i mean this is the ramsey show
You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I am Jade Warshaw. Next to me is Dr. John Deloney. We'll be taking your calls for the next hour or so, hanging out with you guys. If you want to talk with us, give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. We'd be so happy to hear from you. Honestly, it's an honor to talk to folks on the phone, John. I think it's really crazy that people call in. Man, they trust us with things going on in their life, their money, their marriage, their relationships. And we're just two people, man. We're just two people sitting here giving our opinions. So thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for trusting us with that. And uh, no matter where you consume the show, if you like it, if it's helped you, if it's done something for your life, your money, consider sharing it. Number one, like, subscribe it, but consider sharing it with the people around you. Not only will it help us, hopefully it helps them and uh, more good content like this will continue to crop up uh, wherever it is that they listen to podcasts, wherever it is that they listen and watch videos on YouTube. So that's really helpful for us. Hopefully it's really helpful for you and for the folks that you're sharing with as well. Thank you. Thank you again. All right. Let's take some phone calls. We've got Christina who is in Omaha, Nebraska. How can we help Christina? Hi, guys. Hey. Sorry. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, so I have a question. We are extremely new to the Ramsey plan. Um, just kind of started following it in December. Welcome to the madhouse. <laughs> Welcome well, to I'm the jungle. To yes, we're yeah. glad to have you. <laughs> um, so I have a question on how to line up what we've been doing. Because I think up to this point, we've been doing our best, but it's not really lined up with the plan. So since December, we have established the $1,000 emergency fund. Yeah, yeah. And we have another 4000 in savings. Great. Um, we only have one credit card in which we owe $5,000 on, and I know I could pay that off, but I have a question about that. So I do have a son who is going to start college in August, and um, I'm trying to figure out how to do one, two, and three, and then still be able to pay for college. So he has gotten a lot of scholarships and financial aid, and right now, from what we know of, He's sitting at about 18000 a year, and that's room, board, tuition, everything, because it's not here close by. That's what he's earned? So I, well, that's what he'll be paying, what we'll be paying. That's what you'll be paying? 18000 well, How yeah. much of that is, you said, you said um, scholarships and financial aid. How much of that is student loans? No, that's what I'm trying to avoid. Uh, okay, I've, okay. So I've after watched, all the scholarships um, and everything, it's 18000 It will be the all-in. Out of your pocket. All in cost. Okay, yes. Gotcha. Yes. And so like over the nine months basically of the year, that'd be two thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And that's where the four thousand dollars in savings came from. In January and February, we kind of played it out to see if we could do two thousand dollars a month. And we actually could a lot easier than we thought we could. Yeah. And so I know that there's still a chance he could get more scholarships and um we're definitely applying for them. Uh-huh. But I'm worried that I'm kind of skipping step three. Yeah, you're broke. Yes, y'all aren't safe. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So, like, I mean, like, we have money in our retirement, and we have we don't owe very much on our house and all that. But like I said, we're kind of scattered all over the board. That's right. What what type of school is this? Is this a university, state university? uh, It's it's actually a private university. Mm but yes, it okay. is a four-year four year degree. So here's here's my take on this. And, you know, you can take it or leave it or take parts of it. Um, paying for college is a gift that is a privilege for us to be able to give, right? And it's something that we can do out of the abundance of us handling our money correctly. And there's the way the baby steps are the way that they are is because there's certain things that are going to take place in your life that you can't stop. 
And you need to be prepared when those things take place. No matter what, God willing, at some point you're going to retire and you're going to stop working and you won't be able to work anymore. And you're going to have to be able to make sure that your household is taken care of. And so that's why that is why we go through these baby steps starting at baby step one. And that's why baby step five is way further down the list because it's not the priority that it can seem in the moment. And that's also why Mm -hmm. um, we teach all of these ways to go to college less expensive because it is expensive and everybody comes to us at different points in their journey. And so in your case, I love that you have baby step one done. I love that you're thinking about cash flowing this. I'd also love for you to be thinking about, okay, I've got $5,000 that in credit card debt, I need to pay that off. I've got to save up three to six months of expenses. Like your family needs you to have three, three to six months of expenses. So I don't want you putting that off over the course of the next four years because of this $2,000, if there's a way that we can find cheaper education that still gets him where he wants to go. I'm always recommending that people start with community college. It's so much less expensive. It gets those gen eds out of, a, out of the way in a way more inexpensive way. And then you've got the private school thing added that's, that's adding an expense. So I, I would challenge you guys to look at this and say, is there an option that makes more sense Um, with our financial situation. And then the third piece to that is, is there a way that your son can work to add to this? Because if he can pick up a thousand bucks a month, that's amazing. That's that's actually like, I love the community college idea. Y'all aren't going to do that. I know you're not. I've I've worked with colleges for 20 years. Y'all aren't going to do that. He got in, he got the scholarship and that feels good. I do think it's very wise to consider, hey son, here's our financial situation. We can do $1,000 a month over the course of one year. And you're going to have to come up with the rest. And you can't, if a contingent on us putting money on the table is you can't borrow it, which mm-hmm. means you're going to have to earn some money. Mm-hmm. And what I'm telling you is the data says that he'll do better in school with some skin in the game. That's right. And maybe you okay. say after your freshman year, if you come home with straight A's or whatever metric y'all want to put on the table and you've paid this thing down, we might be in a place where we can increase and allow you to move into your major courses as you go to an internship or whatever the thing is. And so it might be a moving target, but it's sitting down and saying, hey, we're all going to have some skin in the game. But as Jade said, you can only have skin in the game if you can afford it. And right now you have no cash reserves, zero. Right. And yep. he doesn't start school until August. Great. That's so, awesome. You have time and he's got time. From now until August. How much would it, like, this sounds like a stupid question, but I actually don't know this. How much is, like, a three to six month fund? It's not a stupid question. It's not stupid at all. So when we talk about, matter of fact, a lot of people are going to get help off of that question. When we talk about three to six months of an emergency fund, we're truly talking about basic expenses that make your, your household run. So if you look at your budget with, in all its glory, right, with all the bells and whistles and there's extra money there for you to get a haircut and get your nails done and to go to the movies and all these other uh, uh, three to six months of expenses doesn't include all that stuff. It's like, all right, it's the mortgage, it's groceries, it's keeping gas in the car, it's keeping the lights and utilities on. It's it's the basic stuff that if if the worst were to happen, like you get laid off, it's what you would cut your budget down to to make things work. And so three to six months of what you would consider your bare bones budget to make things work and run and tick, that's what you need. Three to six months of that. Does that make sense? So there actually, yeah, so there actually is a chance 
from now until August that I could pay off the credit card and get three months, probably not six. There is. Three months saved up. There is, but, but then, I, wa- I want you to realize that there's another baby step even after that, which is saving 15% of your your uh, income yeah. into retirement, which is so, so important for you. And we are actually doing that one. Okay. Um, that's okay. what I meant by like, we're all over the place. Right. And so like, we actually do have that one in place. Like, 15%? Have one in four, but, hey, listen, uh-huh. as somebody who spent my entire career working with college students and their families, please ask your child to participate in some shape, form or fashion in their education, please. Yes, and it's, I do plan on that. I don't necessarily want him to do it first semester. Why not? Because Listen, I'm worried about nope, the transition. Don't don't be. In fact, one of the things about the transition is kids will go to a residence hall. They will know nobody, and they'll hold their phone, and they'll stay connected to their old high school friends now, and they never make the separation. If they go to school, they get plugged into their academics, and then they go have a job. They have a thing that they have to go to, a purpose, a place to be, and a built-in human community that they have to interact with. It's not a bad okay. thing. It's actually a good thing. And he does work now. I know, so but it, that wouldn't be hard. But, but that yeah. needs to okay. you need to sit down I and say, "Here's a dollar amount." And by the way, that eighteen thousand dollars, as Jade said, doesn't cover haircuts. He's going to want to go on a date. He's going to need new shoes. He's going to need new clothes. So it's more than just eighteen thousand right. dollars. There's living expenses on top of all of this college charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so so important. I'm glad that you're in a better financial situation than I thought. And you, it sounds like you do have the money to pay for this. But I completely agree with John make him pay some piece of this skin in the game is absolutely necessary this is the Ramsey show you are listening to the Ramsey show I'm your host for today Jade Warshaw your other host for today is Dr. John Deloney author of Building a Non-Anxious Life host of the Dr. John Deloney show really really cool so John it is tax season and um, a lot of you I'm done you did it? I already got mine back and filed, man. They crushed wow. it for me. It's awesome. Wait, so it's filed. Did you already, did you get a return or no? I did. Yeah, I'm still figuring out all the commission stuff on book sales. I'm still figuring out how it works, but I did. Hey, right afterwards, I went and met with the CFO here and I contacted our tax person to adjust the withholding ratio because my return was, was, it went crazy. was silly. Yeah. But all I can say is, <laughs> um, man, I've got a weird thing. I like to get them done and yeah. get like, I need to know Same. what I need to know. Same. Right? I send that stuff off lickety split to our mother-in-law, who is an amazing bookkeeper. Books by Nita. I'm just saying just a little something, something there. All right. <laughs> anyway, you need to get yourself a Ramsey trusted pro though, not my mother-in-law. All right. So here's the thing. A lot of you do have questions about taxes and we understand that. I have questions. Taxes are confusing. And so to help you get a better handle on them, we're just going to take some of your questions and answer them out loud. These are questions from you guys, our listeners. One of the questions was this. It said, we normally have someone do our taxes, but our tax accountant retired. I think that we have a simple return. Should we try to do the filing ourselves with Ramsey Smart Tax? Okay. So here's the thing. You could definitely use a software like Ramsey Smart Tax if you feel confident in filing your own and that your situation is actually relatively simple. So Here's some kind of guidelines to know if it is or not. We would recommend working with a tax pro if you have some sort of major life change, like, I don't know, you retired or you received an inheritance or you adopted a child, something like that. In that case, you probably would want to work with a professional for that year. Uh, Number two, if you own a business, a small business, there's a lot of little nuts and bolts in there that it would just superly be 
helpful to work with a tax pro. Uh, that's Sam and I's situation. We always work with a pro. All right. Number three, if you're just not confident about filing your taxes, if that's you, that's totally fine. Even if it's simple, if you're not confident, uh, you should work with a tax pro. And then finally, number four, if you just want to save yourself some time and stress, get yourself a tax pro. It's so worth it. So again, if you are confident about filing on your own, you can head to ramseysolutions.com slash tax. There you will find Ramsey Smart Tax. It's uh, low upfront pricing. There's no hidden fees in it. Or you can connect with a Ramsey Trusted Tax Pro if you're not as confident. Again, both of those resources you can find at ramseysolutions.com slash tax. Love it. All right. Got that out of the way. Tax season makes people feel some type of way, John. Well, and I actually did both of those. I actually... You know, as a Ramsey employee, Ramsey Tax is open to us for free. And so I actually ran my own stuff yeah. and sent it to the accountant and said, I think this is where we're going to end up. Were you close? It almost bulls died it. And so that software is pretty good. <laughs> now, I've good. got a super simple return. Yeah. I'm a pretty lame, boring guy, but but it was it was right on. It was right on. If I think about filing my own taxes, I can feel my eye starting to twitch. <laughs> it's, it's already starting to twitch. I can't and I won't do it. All right, let's go to Colin, who's in San Diego, California. Colin, what's going on in San Diego, man? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. You bet. How can we help? Um, well, first, I wanted to say uh, tax season actually makes me very excited as a tax uh, preparer. So oh, okay, <laughs> okay. This is, this is your Super Bowl. <laughs> it is, yes. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll start with my question, then I'll give some context. Um, so I'm curious what you guys would think about filing a uh, Chapter 7 bankruptcy, given my age and current financial situation. I know it's often, I know it's supposed to be the like last resort option, um, but right now I'm 24. Um, I am, I'm technically employed, but due to some mental health issues, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to hear back on whether or not I still have that job and then also searching for a new job. Um, and then also just because the the weight of some of this debt uh i have like it, it has also has a toll on my mental health and i just find it like impossible to see the end goal mm-hmm. um so i'm 24 my credit score is below 600 it's not great but and i know sometimes they say that that will a bankruptcy could help increase or sometimes it actually increases it rather than decreases it and how much, how much do you owe brother call how much do you owe it's it's not like an insane much thirty about thirty four. Okay, thirty four thousand. And tell me yeah. about your mental and emotional health challenges that make work hard. So, um, at least right now, what I know is, you know, I have a, I, I'm pretty open about it, so I'm not saying it on air. I have, I have a major depressive disorder and okay. social anxiety disorder, and they've kind of they've 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 played impacts on my jobs over the past couple of years. So. What is your, um, uh, how are you waking up every day and leaning into getting well? What is, what is your wellness adventure look like right now? What interventions are you making, taking? Oh, uh, so, well, one, one thing is actually, the one thing that's really helped is I've, I did go back to school and I, I started a new career path and that has, that has actually helped the new, this being in the tax field is actually. Okay. But what, like, what, what are you doing right now? Are you under the care of a licensed mental health professional? Or a doctor? Yes. Okay. Yes, two. Um, two. Okay. So I'm assuming you're you're taking medication for major depressive disorder at least, right? Yes. Correct. Are you taking some sort of cocktail? 
Uh, no, just just a single one. Just a single one. Okay. That's, that's when I see him next, I'm going to be talking about that. Actually. Okay. So when you see your practitioner next, a couple of things I want you to ha- to discuss. Medications, fine. It's going to be a bridge to getting you from here to there. And with major depressive disorder, man, that's a whole tangled web of a mess, right? It's very difficult. And most people in your life have no idea how hard it is to just get out of bed on some days. Fair? Yeah, and that's actually the attendance has kind of been okay. too late and shifts has kind of been the issue. Here's the other show. side of it. It's the tiny little steps towards showing up, mm-hmm. towards going for a walk, towards talking to a friend, even though your body is screaming at you saying that friend's not safe knowing that once your body experiences that friend is safe, then suddenly that the lights start to come on a little bit. And so when you sit down with your provider, I want you to ask, in addition to medication, can we have three or four tasks that I'm going to begin to work on on my own? Mm-hmm. Because I'm, cause you're stuck in a loop right now. And the loop is, it's hard to get up. It's hard to go do things. My body's always yelling and screaming at me to not move, not move because the world's not safe. And so you don't move, and that reinforces your body's message to you. Your body's getting what it wants. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the goal is with the right counselor, the right exercise program, the right medication, what are we going to do so that we can head into those challenges? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Please look at this as I'm working towards empowerment, not looking towards someone to come save me. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? The difference? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Are you, have you ever been suicidal? Mm, yes. Yes. Okay. How are you safe now? Yes. Yes. It, it was, it was, it, it was a while ago. And okay. I've, I've discussed with my professionals, so I, I'm, I'm I'm not anymore. Well, hey, I have not. Late I want to I want to applaud you because saying it out loud is hard, right? Yeah, yeah. Now you, now you're going towards the heart, right? You're choosing heart. You're leaning in towards discomfort, and on the back end is a guy. Now you got a new friend across the country that's cheering you on. You got two new friends, me and Jade, plus millions of people. Oh, thank God. Okay. Now, uh, I Jade can get into the numbers with you. I'm I'm asking you as your new friend, please do not file bankruptcy over thirty thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Please don't do that. Yeah. And I'm asking you as your new friend to please not (laughs) file. Because here's the thing, you know, you're knee deep in your situation and you can't always see the forest for the trees. And so you need external people to kind of look at your situation and go, oh, I see it for what it actually is. And John and I are looking at this and we're going, oh, no way in the world. Yeah. Do no. we file? Don't, 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 don't. And I think for you, the biggest workaround is what John said. You're, you have to get to a situation and get to a level of health where you're able to work and so that you can get this paid off because I, I'm guessing, I don't know what kind of debt it is, but whatever it is, just a reasonable salary, you're out of this in a year and a half or two years. And so we're working towards empowerment, standing taller, getting that work in, and that's the path to freedom. Hang on the line. I'm going to send you both of my books. 
All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey Trusted Agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey Trusted Agent near you at RamseySolutions.com agent. RamseySolutions.com agent. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I am Jade Warshaw, one of your hosts, one of your hosts today. You can call me a co-host because I have another host and his name is Dr. John Deloney. And we're taking your calls all hour long. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. And whatever it is that you're going through in your life, your money, we'd like to talk it through with you. So tell us what's going on and we'll help you out. We're going to go straight to the phone lines where we've got Jason from Orlando, Florida. What's going on, Jason? How can we help today? Hello, John and Jade. Uh, thank you so much for taking my call today. So my name is Jason. I'm 24 years old, and I'm from Orlando, Florida. Um, I want to start off first by giving my question, and then um, I'll wait, and then go ahead and give the breakdown on the numbers. Okay. Um, my question is, um, how can I properly budget to pay off all my debt and then save for a future engagement ring? Ooh, love it. Okay, yeah. Well, let's hear about the debt, and then we can talk about what a budget might look like for this. Okay, awesome. So um, I want to just first start off by saying that I already paid off in the last two months $8,000 nice. on my credit card debt. Okay, good. Um, so right now I own, I have a card loan of $13,000. Okay. Um, I have student loans of $15,000. Okay. And I have... Leftover credit card debt of nine thousand, so okay. totaling thirty-seven thousand dollars. Okay. And um, I'm a recent graduate. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask a little bit about the lady, the young lady that you want to propose to. How long have you guys been seeing each other? Oh yeah, so um, we've been seeing each other for four years now. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm planning for next year to move out with her. We'll okay. Move in together. I'm currently living with my parents. Is that before you propose or after you propose? Um, that's one of the things that I wasn't exactly sure on. If I should propose first before moving out or propose after moving out together. Um, that's something that I haven't completely decided on. Maybe you guys can help me with that too. It's been four years, man. What do you wait? Yeah, I'm not going to tell you to pay off your debt before you buy a ring. Okay. I think it's just a matter of you. To pay for the ring first, right? I think yeah. you'll go down to the courthouse this weekend and get married. It's four years, dude. <laughs> it's half a decade. What are you? What are you waiting on? That's fair. Um, it's just you know this this total debt on credit cards, student loans, and and car loans is just a lot. So Listen, it's nice to have help. About <laughs> it's nice to have a partner. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I was thinking about moving in together. You know, coming in debt free, at least in that sense. Um. But what I don't want is to pay off my credit card and all my 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 loans, and then going debt again, going in debt again by buying a, a engagement ring with you know not having enough money and then buying and touching my credit cards again. Yeah, but that's your so choice. I definitely don't want to do that. All of, you have to remember, all of this is 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 on you, and it's your choice. Nothing's going to make you go into debt unless you decide I'm just going to go into debt and buy this. And so. Since you called us, I'll tell you what my chain, what my timeline would be and what I would do. And 
if it doesn't drive with the way you are or what you believe, then, you know, you can take what you want and leave what you want. But if I were you, I'd say, okay, I've got this debt. I've got $37,000 of debt. It's important to me that I pay it off, but I also have, you know, a little honey over here that I want to make sure that I'm proposing to her. So I'd probably see if there's a way that I can cash flow this ring very quickly while still, you know, paying a little off debt here or there. It's not to say that you have to completely turn the faucet off on paying off your debt, but, you know, make it a reasonable timeline. So I'm proposing to her as quickly as possible to John's point. And then I'm like, I'm just going to marry her. Like after that, I'm going to be like, let's get married as soon as possible. I'm not going to do this year long thing of I'm going to move out and then I'm going to wait a year and then I'm going to propose and then I'm going to wait five more years and then I'm going to marry her because before you know it, you guys are going to have gray hairs. So I just would make this happen as quickly as possible. It's not a caveat and it's in paying off debt is not a precursor to marriage. It doesn't have to be. Um, and I don't want you to think that I have to pay off all my debt going into this relationship first. I think it's something that you guys can tackle together. And at the end of the day, in many ways, it kind of brings you closer together when you work on something like this together. I think. Now, Jason, I'm going to go negative for a second. You hang with me. Yep. I'm here. All right. Jade and I would not have jobs if everybody who had a plan, if it all worked out exactly as they lined their plan up. It's just not how life works. We only have jobs because people have great ideas about stuff and it all goes sideways. So if you get engaged to this person and y'all move in and y'all start paying off debt together and then God forbid y'all break up, you're trying to play house and do a practice marriage and something goes sideways and it's been five years and then six years and she says, forget this dude, I'm not waiting anymore and y'all break up. The process of unwinding, well, who paid off what debt and what was mine and it was part of my salary and what went into the food and who paid the, is a nightmare. The reason we tell people to get married besides the moral side of it, right, is because if there is ever a fracture in the relationship, if the relationship ever breaks up, there is a legal path of separation out. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. So you think you're saving yourself a bunch of heartache and I don't want to put the apple before the cart. You end up just playing, you end up getting a big old jumbled mess. And so following Jade's advice here is really, if you're my brother, if you were my son, if you were one of my close friends, I would give you the exact advice that Jade just gave you simply because it clarifies and cleans up your life and it makes your path much more simple. And it doesn't involve you waiting to start your life. Yeah, you're waiting you know to I mean? start like, your life. This amazing thing called being married, which is which is chaos and incredible. Mm -hmm. It's so great and messy and fun and scary and all the good stuff. And Jade and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But you're just keeping it all on pause, right? Right. Does your I'm going to call her oh. your fiance. Does she have debt? Um, she only has. Oh, actually, yeah, she does have that. Um, she has a thousand dollars in credit card loans, and she has an expensive car. She has, um, I think, like twenty thousand right now. Okay. No, in a in a car, but that's about it. Yeah. So I think that again, you are downloading every dollar. If you don't yet have it, if you want the premium version, you can do everydollar.com/jade, and I'll give you a promo code so you can have premium for a couple of months free. And you're setting up your budget in a way that is allowing you to make headway paying off this debt because paying off debt's a great thing. Pay off as much as you can. 
Um, but it's also setting aside some money so you can spend, you know, a percentage of your of your income on a ring, maybe one month's income on a ring, right? And then as right. soon as you give her that ring, it's like, hey, how quickly can we get married? I love your butt and I want to get married instantly. And then you, you do that. And that's that's it. I have $2,200 left over after my monthly expenses. How much would you say like from those $2,200 um, should go into paying debt and then the other saving into, into the engagement ring? So you have $2,200. That's your income or is that margin? No, no. So my monthly take-home pay is four thousand dollars. Yep. But my monthly expenses are eighteen hundred. So okay. leftover is twenty two hundred. Okay, so that's the margin. And you're saying how much of that should go towards the debt and how much should go towards the ring? Correct. I mean, if you wanted to do, if you're trying to buy a four thousand dollar ring, then split it in half and say I'm going to use half of this to pay for the right. debt. I'm going to use half of this to go towards the ring. And in four months, you're proposing and. Four months also buys you time to get a, your head around the fact that, like, man, I'm about to be a married man. And I got to move out from my mommy's house. Yeah. And get my own place. Right? Well, yep. We're toggling up, man. We're, we're, this is, is grow-up time. How old are you, you say? 24? Um, 24. 24. Game on, dude. Yep. Game on. We're going to be all grown up. Grown and we're going to follow the great up. Beyonce's advice. If you like if her, you then, like you it, then you better put a ring on it. it. That's right. That's good. John, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Queen B. That's good. Old I never dude. thought I, I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> Here we are. Guys, we're always going to tell you to get married, by the way. If you're in a situation where you have been dating someone for like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, we're almost always going to tell you to piss or get off the pot, yeah, man. Either, either get married or call it. That's right. Or call it. That's right. And don't let debt keep you from pushing start on very valuable and meaningful relationships in your life. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us this hour. I'm Jade Warshaw. He's John Deloney. And this is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I am your co-host today, Jade Warshaw, joined by your other co-host, who would be George Camel. Uh, we're talking about your life, your money, all hour long. So give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225. Dr. John Deloney has mysteriously been replaced with George Campbell. Well, How'd we, that happen, we wanted George? a strong end to the show, Jay. We need someone to really land the plane. Someone who could land the plane. Yeah, that's who they call in. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm glad you're here. It's fun to host together. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Yvette in Los Angeles, California. What's going on, Yvette? Hi, thanks for taking my call. No problem. Um, so I'll start off with a question, give you some numbers and then some reasoning. Okay. Um, so we, we have a mortgage on two homes. One is a primary residence in California and the other is an investment property in Arizona. Okay. So we're wondering if we should sell our primary home in California and rent here in order to pay off our California real estate debt. And then we would keep our Arizona home and pay that off. And we estimate to pay that off in five years. So the Arizona debt is 219000 with an $1,800 mortgage. And our California real estate debt consists of our mortgage that's 389 That's the balance. Okay. Then we have a HELOC of ninety five k. We have a solar loan of fifty two k, a pool loan of fifty eight k, and a personal loan of sixteen k. So we My kind of feel goodness. like selling. Yeah. So so we kind of feel like selling our California home would allow us to pay off all the California real estate debt 
can you tell me what the total of that all is so I don't have to add it up? The 389 plus all that? 610? Yeah. Okay, thanks. So, um, so selling that would allow us to pay all that off. And then what we would do with the profits from the home is we would put 60K toward the Arizona principal, which would lower our mortgage. Okay. Um, and then, we, then we'd be able to put away our six months of living expenses, which cu- we currently don't have any of that. We don't have any, we have $1,000 of savings, that's it. Mm-hmm. So this would allow us to put away six months of living expenses. And then it'll also allow us to invest 15% of our income. And then the last bit of info is renting here in California would be about 2800 a month. Plus we'll still have the Arizona mortgage which we anticipate to be around 1200 once we make that 60k payment toward the principal. Oh, so you wouldn't Are you going to are you going to refinance the mortgage in Arizona or recast it? What was your plan there? Recast. Yeah, it would be a recast. I already spoke to the lender and so she said that it would recast and probably you know come down quite a bit. Um, so why why keep the that, Arizona rental? Why not just sell that? Why not sell the Arizona rental? Yeah, if you guys had the money sitting there, you're not going to go out in California and go buy a property in Arizona to rent out. Right. So why not just sell this and be done with it and use that profit to pay down the debt? Well, the profit on that Arizona house would only be about $5,000. we have only had it like 10 months. Okay. Uh, You've only had it 10 months. Yeah. And what would would your home sell for in California? Uh, We're hoping to get $750. Okay, but you owe six ten, right? So you're saying the the money you'd get out of that that would get your emergency fund going, that clears all of your debt, and it gets you a clean slate. Yeah. What's the cash flow on this Arizona property? Not much at all. I think we made like three thousand. I think you're about to lose money months. on this deal. And if then, you're not yeah. making much with real estate investment, you're losing money because it's. Yeah. It takes one emergency for you to be underwater on this thing. And then you said the plan was for you to turn around and be renters in California? Yes, we can't move to Arizona right now. So eventually we plan to move out of California. When can uh, you maybe move? Maybe in about 12 years. Oh, 12 years. What's keeping Ooh. you? Our jobs. Okay. Um, here's where I'm at with this. Um, you've only had the AZ, the Arizona property for eight months. Um it's not cash flowing. It's not making you any money. If you were to sell it, you'd get you'd maybe clear five thousand bucks for it. And honestly, that might be what happens because it's you're losing money for on it. You're not there. You don't plan to move there. If you were telling me, hey, we're gonna sell this California situation. It's just debt. We're gonna clear it, and then we're gonna be able to move to Arizona. We'll pay off sixty thousand on that mortgage. We'll have six months of emergency funds saved, and we're starting our new life in Arizona. That'd be a different conversation. But if the plan's not to move there for twelve more years and to keep this property, and you be renters in California, I don't like that plan, George. Yeah, well, I'm thinking the money you would have put toward the Arizona mortgage. Why don't you put that away in savings and use that as your future down payment? I don't want you guys renting for ten years. I agree. Hmm. So that's what I would do. I would sell both properties. Any money that's left over beyond your emergency fund becomes the new down payment fund. Mm-hmm. And we work to stock that up to buy a house the more peaceful way. That's my okay. that's my vote. But the bigger question here, and I mean, this is the elephant in the room, 95,000, 52,000, 58,000, 16,000. And then we're going to buy a second property in another state. There's a, a pattern of behavior here that's just 
like atomic. It's, it's How can you assure us that you're not going to go into debt again? Yeah. Because this feels like a great little shortcut to become debt free, but it didn't actually change much of the behavior Nothing. that got us here. Yeah. Because um, you guys make great we, money. What's your household income? Uh, take home is 162. Wow. And there's not much to show for it after all these debt payments leaving your bank right. account. I kind of, we're just, you know, we're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. And, be one, and let's be honest, 162 in Los Angeles, it's not like you're Scrooge McDuck. Like it's, it's a decent income, right? Um, it is. It's, but it's not like outlandish. It's not like if you made 162 living in Kansas. So I just think that there's, help me understand what you were accomplish what you were trying to accomplish by taking out all of this debt was it because there's got to be a learning from this yeah so originally um when we had bought this house here um we wanted this to be like our forever home and so we added the pool um you know thinking about our grandkids and just the family gathering here and the solar loan really helped our electricity bill um, which was like $400 average. And so we're barely paying $200 a month fixed on that. Add up um, your debt payments so, and tell me this this solar was such a great deal. I mean, this... I'm sorry? Uh, people justify solar because of their savings, but here you are rocking this solar debt with interest on it that probably won't ROI for a long time. Well, it won't ROI because she's... And now you're selling Selling it. the house and going to rent for 12 years. So... What George and I are getting at is we want to make sure that you you can look at every single one of these decisions and go, oh, I see exactly why that was a bad move. I see exactly yeah. how that cost me, right? You built your yeah. dream forever home that you now have to sell. That's what's sad to me. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a little sad. We're just the California policy. If we could move out of California, Don't, hey, hey, we would, no, but- Come on, Yvette. Don't blame California politics for your money decisions. It's the easy scapegoat instead of looking in the mirror and going, we took the freaking HELOC out. We took the pool loan out. No governor made you do that. No state made you do that. We just got to own the decision. And it's sad that you guys have to give up the dream home, but this house turned from a blessing into a burden real quick because of your money decisions. So this is a great way to clean it up, but you got to change the behavior to go with it. I'm selling both properties Uh and let's start fresh. And in many ways you have to look at it. They got lucky that there's even some equity to to get out of this, that they can have a get out of jail free card. Take it while you can get it and change that behavior. This is the Ramsey show. Do you listen to the Ramsey show for motivation? You want to know what's even more motivating attending a Ramsey event. The ultimate motivational experience that's fully focused on helping you eliminate money stress. Join us for the Total Money Makeover Weekend on May 10th and 11th in Nashville and leave money stress at the door for good. Podcast listeners use the code 50OFF to save $50 on standard level tickets. Get yours at RamseySolutions.com slash events. Hey, you guys are listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw. Next to me is George Camel. I almost said Dr. George Camel. You know what? It's not too late for an honorary degree. There if you anyone go. wants to give one to me. I bestow it upon you. Hey, we're taking your calls all hour. You can call us in. Uh, the nor- the number is 888-825-5225, and we'll take your call. Uh, George, I am happy to yet again announce Total Money Makeover Weekend Woo! coming up. I'm getting excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. Are you planning your talk? Because we're coming up with all new content for this weekend event. I am not only planning a talk, George, I have pitched a whole new stage design. 
Wow. Listen, I'm going in. You I'm got going some hard pull around here. I'm trying. I'm trying. The point is, this event is going to be unlike any Ramsey event that you've been to. All new content. We're delivering, you know, we're playing the hits, but we're delivering them in a, it's like a remix, right? Oh, I like that. I like that. We're, we're delivering the hits in a completely new way. And by hits, I mean, we're talking about the baby steps, baby steps one through seven, you know, them, you love them. Um, and so the event is really cool because no matter where you are in the baby steps, there's going to be content there for you. So it's just a really fun event. All the personalities are going to be there. Um, there's going to be live Q and A's all throughout the weekend. So you can bring your questions. You get that really cool access to what's going on and um something different about our events i don't know what events you're used to but our events are actually fun like they're bangers we have a good time so yeah people have been to like a seminar and i'm like no you need to come to a ramsey event it's a whole experience we have a world-class live events team and it's a weekend experience so nashville is a great destination start putting into the budget for the mm-hmm. travel, the lodging, the transportation, and of course your tickets, which are super low right now. $99.99 I keep telling you to charge more. I'm like, this is wild. I feel like this should be like two, three, four hundred dollars but what do I know? The point is early bird tickets start at $99, but to be true, that's only for a limited time. So that price is going to go away at some point. So make sure you get your tickets now. And the first 500 tickets sold, you will get a copy of Total Money Makeover signed by... Dave himself. I might buy one just to get that signed copy. I know, right? He won't sign one for he me. He won't do it. So don't wait. These will go fast. If you want to get your tickets, you can go to RamseySolutions.com slash events to get your tickets. Awesome. Let's go straight to the phone lines. We got Chris in Kansas City, Missouri. What's going on, Chris? Hey there. Thanks for taking my call. I, uh, I'm i looking for some some guidance. So I, I am making okay money right now Um, we're in baby step two we still have some student loans credit card and a car and then our house and i'm starting um to do some real estate part-time um and i'm trying to figure out what the the number or what what i should aim for so i can start doing that full-time i'm not ready to quit my full-time job and i'm just trying to see what the what, what your guidance is. So you're trying to get out of the job. You're trying to move out of the job that you're doing and into real estate, but we need to understand like that point at which the connection, the Eagle has landed. And you can make that connection, especially with getting out of debt, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. What do you make right now? Um, about 64 take home. And is okay. it just you or your wife is working also? Uh, no, she doesn't work. We have four little kids. Okay. So, so she's working in the house. So you've got 64,000 yeah, she, she harder work than I do. <laughs> I think this is a really great opportunity to replace exactly what you're making right now and beyond it. So that would kind of be my, my signal. Once you get to the point in real estate where you're closing enough deals to where you're meeting this same uh, standard that your 64,000 was meeting on a monthly basis, that's a really great indication that it's time to, to move on. Have you sold any houses so far? No, I'm still, I'm finishing school and, you know, in talks with the brokerage and getting things started. I'm just, I'm nervous about, you know, where the, the line is, you know, should I have, you know, six months of expenses in case the market dumps, you know, what do, what do we do to... What, what's the urgency to ourselves? jump into real estate? Could you work the plan, get out of debt, get the emergency fund in place and then make the transition? Um, Right now, i have because right I'm now, kind of it, kind it's of not stuck. like the gangbuster I'm, time I'm to get into real estate. Oh, <laughs> True that. Like, I don't know if you've seen yeah. the real estate market, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Pro, pros are having yeah. a hard and, time. 
and that's why I want to start doing it part time to really see if it if it's going to pan out. I I just don't make you know I don't have a an upward slope right now. I'm just kind of stuck, and I don't really love what I do. So I'm just trying to. So I why love real estate? estate. I love, what made you go real I, estate's I'm, the thing? Um, I love being able to work for people and and help people and be that that resource for them and you know be able to affect my own income and and do what I want to do for people. And right now I you know I work in IT. I don't really have any control over my future as far as Sure, but what you're what you're really looking for is a commission sales job. And there's a lot of those out there. It doesn't have to be real estate. It could be traditional sales. You could be a, a mortgage loan officer. I and mean, there's a lot of fields. So I'm just trying to dig to go, what is it about real estate that lights you up? If there's something specific about that. Um, I think it's just, I mean, I, I've had the experience of like walking into a house and knowing that that's my house, right? Like I know this is where we're supposed to be. And I, I like working hard for people to do that and, and see that and, you know, help them get their goal. Um, and so I don't, you know, yeah, you can go into car sales or those things. I just don't know if that's the, I don't, I don't love the idea of just commission. I want to have some purpose in what I do. Well, let me ask questions on the other side of this. So we're talking about the, the work side of it. You want to have purpose in what you do. Everyone does. Like there's a big part of that. Um, you mentioned earlier in the conversation that you had student loan debt, credit card debt, car debt, and mortgage debt. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because that's also going to be a major player in this equation. Like George said, housing market like now, it's not, it's not like you're just raking in the dough, becoming a real estate agent at this mm -hmm. point. And right now, you do have the luxury of a stable sixty-four thousand dollar income. Um, I say stable with quotes around it because no job is stable. But you you understand my point. Yeah. And so, looking at the debt that you have, I feel like debt has the ability to cloud our mind and cloud our judgment, whether we realize it or not, because debt makes every paycheck feel like, oh, I'm just getting this paycheck and I'm having to put it over here. Mm -hmm. And it especially makes it feel like that if you are in a job that doesn't give you the juice, right? And so I do think that looking at this debt and getting more numbers around that will also help us make a, big, a better decision. So what? How much, how much student loan debt do you have? Kind of just walk through um, that line for me. So between, between my wife and I, we have 40K uh, left on our student loans. Okay. Um, we have 10,000 on a credit card, um, 6,000 on a car and then, uh, the rest is house. Okay. So $56,000 of debt making 64,000 a year. Okay. So already I'm looking at this and I'm going, there's not a whole lot of margin to pay this off super quickly. So I'm almost, Correct. In, yeah, I'm, we've, we've been working for years, you know, whittling it down. We started with 80,000 in student loans. And so for that reason, starting a new job, in sales, especially real estate feels, it doesn't feel like the right move at this time. Just listening to you talk, it feels like at this time, what the better move is, what can we do? What can we lock in on that's gonna bring in extra income, a lot of extra income? What is it that my wife can do? She's at, at home with four kiddos, which I'm gonna get their ages here in a minute. But what is it that you guys can do that can allow you to tackle this debt in two years or less? That's the equation mm -hmm. that I want to solve for first. And then when you solve that conversation and that that problem, it's going to open up your mind to really see and be able to focus on what you want to do with your career long term. That's my take on it. Yeah, no, I, I, that makes sense. 
I would probably try to increase my income in the field I'm in uh, as I get this mess cleaned up. Mm-hmm. And then later on down the road, we can explore the part-time work when you have the margin. Because right now you can't even breathe. It's hard to think about a whole new career path and have the time to do that. I'd rather you flipping burgers for a guaranteed 10, 15 bucks right? an hour than hoping that you can make a sale in the next year. Yeah. And so, and the other thing to think about here is there's cost to just being an agent. I mean, you've got the classes, the testing, the MLS fees, the NAR yeah. fees, continuing education. You know, it's hard to be a successful part-time real estate agent. There's a reason people mm-hmm. go with the full-time pros. And so my dad did this as a hobby because he loved helping people and he still does it mm-hmm. on the side as a real estate agent. Yeah. But he was an engineer by trade. And so- that's something that's great to pursue, but I wouldn't bank on it to, you know, be the breadwinner right now. You got you need six months with a, a regular income in real estate and a stay-at-home spouse. You better have that emergency fund locked and loaded. Oh yeah, I think the conversation you have with your wife tonight is what can we do to double our income, and how can we do that very quickly? And that's going to take both you and me making a lot of sacrifice with our time. This is the Ramsey Show. Listen up, trying to reach your money goals without a rock-solid budget is like trying to climb Mount Everest in ice skates. It isn't going to work. That's why we built the Every Dollar app to help you win with money. It's the simplest, most straightforward way to track your spending and give every dollar a job. That way, you can stop letting your money push you around and start reaching those money goals. Download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play. You are listening to The Ramsey Show. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Jade Warshaw. George Camel is to my right. We're going to take your calls for the rest of this hour. So if you have something that's just burning, it's sticking in your craw, and you got to ask that question. Or see a doctor, depending. Yeah, if it's really stuck in your craw, you might need to see a doctor. If that burning sensation lasts for more than an hour, don't call call us. Not the burn, George. Hey, give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225, and we will try to diagnose your issue only as it can, can relates to your life and your money, though. I've Don't... been called Dr. George. <laughs> that, was an, that was a mistake. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Rylan in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, Rylan. What's going on? Hey. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing good. How can we help? Good, good. I have a question. Um, I don't know if you've uh, been keeping up to date lately, but uh, cryptocurrency has been uh, kind of jumping up. Uh, oh, yeah. In the last month. Yeah. Yeah. About time, and man. Yeah, I've been holding it for a while, and I've been waiting for this for a little bit. So it finally <laughs> happened, and I what do you always have? knew this Funny. day would come. What, what what coin do you have, and how much you got? Uh, I have Ethereum, and it's gone up to uh, I think it's gone up to twenty thousand now. Okay, all right. So what's your uh, what's your question? So I so you I have twenty thousand worth of 20, Ethereum. Yeah, twenty thousand worth of Ethereum because it. it's at it's at thirty three hundred. Um, yes, right. So I, I bought Ethereum uh, a few, like two years ago, I want to say. You have six Ethereum, Ethereum in case I... you're doing the math at home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, um, right. So I lost my place. I apologize. It's uh, all good. So you have 20 gonna, grand worth well, of crypto. Yes. I was going to ask, uh, I bought a new car in 2021 and, uh, I put down 23, 24,000 on it and I still owe 17 now. So I'm at a point where I could pay it off completely and still have a few thousand left over. Mm-hmm. Um, but my fiance and I are discussing uh, moving into a house and uh, growing our family and, and whatnot. We already have a, a two-year-old. I know what you're going to say to that. We're not married yet, but we are going to get married. When? Uh, like uh, Tomorrow? 
the uh, it's it's on me. It's on me. I'm so bad at planning. I could barely plan a vacation. The really cool thing about when you go to the courthouse is you don't even have to have that much of a plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking on you a little bit, but please get married. Yeah, Soon. I know. Hey, you know what? I deserve that. Yes, I know. I'm I'm good with the courthouse, but <laughs> she wants a wedding. I'm yes, going to give her should, a wedding. You definitely should have a party. I'm not saying that you should not have a party, but if it's just, if you're talking about moving in and all this, you've already got a kid, man, just get that certificate. No one even has to know that you have the certificate. Like, just get it for legal purposes. You're all protected. <laughs> and then tell Throw all your friends later. we're having a wedding <laughs> right. when the time right, comes. right. But to, to your point, you. to answer your question, yeah, man, I'm clearing out this crypto immediately. I'm paying off your smallest debt if it happens to be your car in this case. Yeah, more power to you. You'll, ha you'll have a paid for car. And I would not buy a house uh, until you're married and until you have the money to afford the house, which would include not only paying off your debt, but saving up three to six months of expenses and having the property on payment. Okay, thank you for that. What was making me nervous was that seventeen grand kind of going away, you know. Uh, it makes me nervous car. that you bought a $40,000 car. <laughs> How much do you make? Uh, well, I... Oh, Jade I'm hung sorry, up I in mid-sentence. Let me oh, go let's back. Get you, we'll get you back. There You're we back. Go. There you are. Right. Sorry what about do you that. Make? Sorry. <laughs> I make 50. Uh, my fiance makes 40. Holy so crap. Together. You make 50 yeah, grand a year and you bought a $40,000 car? I bought a fifty-one thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! Oh my word! <laughs> I, Rylan, I you may not do a lot of planning, but you plan to be broke. <laughs> like, well, let, let me tell you guys. Let me tell you guys. Okay, it's a two point four nine percent APR loan. Oh well, in that and case, Rylan, you got me. We'll never be impressed by that, Rylan. <laughs> Did you get a free T-shirt to go along with it from the dealership after they screwed you? Uh, well, it's a Tesla, so there's no dealership oh, involved. Oh, no, not on a Tesla. Well, in that case. <laughs> As a Tesla driver, it, I'm telling you, that was a terrible decision. Because oh, I know how Teslas have gone down in value. Because Elon's like, you know what? Cut the price down, ten grand. I don't care. Yikes. I agree. What it's is the car worth? Decision. Well, right now, uh, I haven't checked, but I, I want to keep it for the next ten years. Dear you know what I mean? No, I don't know what you You've mean. You've committed to this car more than your relationship, dude. Oh. How, how so? You're more committed to this car than your hopefully soon-to-be spouse. Because if you were committed uh, to her for the next 10 years, you'd put a freaking ring on it and go to the courthouse today. But you're willing to drive yeah. a depreciating asset while telling us that you have a great interest rate on it while buying a car that's worth more than your annual income. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other debt? Uh, I used to have 6000 in credit card, but I picked that off. Okay. Are the cards still around? Have you cut them up yet? Uh, yeah, I practically cut them up. Uh, uh, not what practically. What does that mean? Come on, man. <laughs> they're either cut up, never to be seen again, or they're sitting in your freezer in a block of ice. Which one is it? Uh, they're in my wallet. Cool. I um, want to say collecting dust, but that's not exactly true. Okay. Rylan, you're making it so easy to fire shots so right now. what's going to happen? If, if Is your girlfriend, fiance, is she going to say, no, 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 don't sell it. We need to buy a house. What are you doing? Don't pay off the car. Is that what's going to happen when you tell her? Well, I already did talk to her about it, and we've been discussing it. And, it's you know, we were thinking that maybe we'd use the money as emergency slash a couple grand for furnishings. 
and you know because the APR percentage on the car is so low to you're talking about the wrong numbers we're talking about we're talking oh my gosh people let me let's just talk about this the way it is Ryland broke people talk about interest rates um on their debt they care more about the interest mm-hmm. rate on their debt. They care more about the monthly payment on their debt. They care about how the what the debt is doing for their credit score. That's how broke people talk. That's how poor people talk who don't think it's that they can- about payments and interest rates. Yeah. They don't think they can get ahead without borrowing money and without borrowing at whatever interest rate they talk about. What we're talking about over here on this show and what we want to teach people is that life is more than that. You can actually take your income. It's your biggest wealth building tool and you can do amazing things with it. You can actually pay for your life in real time. And um, Mm -hmm. that's what we want to get you to. And I think right now, you know, I'm not going to lie, like shifting a mindset that takes some time. I don't expect it to happen right here in a, a four minute call, but um, I've got just the book for you before we leave, Ryan, there you that go. I, I will send to you in the mail. It's called Breaking Free from Broke. And I wrote it for people like you to help them make this very difficult paradigm shift. Yeah. Because yeah. I used to think like you, Ryan. That's why I have a love for you. I want to change your mind so badly mm-hmm. because I believe in you and your ability to build wealth. But it takes doing some different things. And one of those things is not oh. buying a $51,000 Tesla when we don't even make $51,000. Yeah. Did we, did we tell you the rule of thumb? Like going forward, one of the ways we want to shift your mindset is going forward. We don't want whatever you earn per year, your vehicles, the things going down in value should not equal more than half of that. That's kind of a rule of thumb. That's what's fair. We also say that if you're going to purchase a brand new vehicle, you should not do that until you have a net worth of $1 million or more because you're able to take the hit. You're able to basically take that money that you would depreciate within those first four to five, six years and just put it in a pile and burn it. And you wouldn't even break a sweat like your temperature, your heart rate wouldn't raise one bit. And so that's the way we teach that. And then at the end of the day, we want people to buy vehicles in cash because we know that the car payment is what separates the middle class from the wealthy class. We know that the car payment is what makes most Americans, most people in general broke because they're giving away such a high percentage of their biggest wealth building tool every single month in payments. It's like it goes like housing and mortgage, student loans, car payment. You can flip student loans and car payment depending on who you are, but those are the top, th- those two debts, student loans and car payments are the things that keep people debt and in debt and keep them from building wealth. And so hopefully you Ooh. got that from this conversation. Whew. A lot going on here. But Ryan, I'll tell you, you know what beats a 2.49% APR? The APR on my Tesla, which is zero. And not because I got a 0% financing deal, it's because I bought a 10-year-old Tesla in cash. Not because it's a flex, but because I don't care what other people think, and I know this is a toy going down in value. So hang (sighs) on the line. I'm going to send you a copy of my book, Breaking Free from Broke. Read it. Give me a one-page report, and uh, and I'll send (laughs) you a gift in the mail. This is The Ramsey Show. You are listening to The Ramsey Show, calls about your life and your money. If you want us to take your call, you can call us at 888-825-5225, and we'll hook you up with our advice. Scripture and quote of the day, Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. True that. All right. Alice Cooper said this, Drinking beer is easy. Trashing your hotel room is easy. But being a Christian, that's a tough call. That's rebellion. Then call me America's bad boy. Come on. That's what's up. That's good.
I love that. That's 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 very interesting. That's some food for thought there. All right, let's go to Kyle, who is in Lakehurst, New Jersey. What's going on, Kyle? How can we help? Hey, how's it going? Good. How can we help? So uh, I got a pretty controversial opinion on credit cards for you guys. Let's go. Um, and just a little backstory. After listening to you guys, I realized I've been on baby step three ever since high school, never going into debt, living below my means. Now at the age of 26 and serving in the military, I've managed to accumulate a net worth of $140,000. Cool. Here's the thing, though. I know this, this goes against your guys' teaching, but I actually use my credit cards for all of my expenses. However, I always pay the full statement balance every month, never carry a balance. It's always on auto pay. Okay. I've never paid anything in interest or fees. By doing this, I take advantage of the sign-up bonuses, the cash-back rewards without going out of my way to buy things I wasn't already planning on buying. So do you um, want us to change your mind? It's giving me a huge boost. What's that? Are you telling us this because you want us to change your mind or because you what? Well, I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it because it's also giving me a huge boost on my credit score. I feel like I might be beating the system. I think you did it, bro. Have you written a book about this yet? Start a podcast? Have you started like an online course? I mean, you've found, you've cracked the code, dude. I mean, if you're implying I I, I should, then. (laughs) I mean, the points guy did it, made a huge brand out of it. Now he gets paid by Capital One. I mean, here's the thing. If if your plan's working for you, you keep going. But usually people call the show because their plan is not working. And you told me you've been on baby step three since high school. You're like a toddler with stunted growth, man. What happened? (laughs) If your plan was working so well, why are you not a net worth millionaire with a paid for house? Well, I'm working on it. I'm definitely trying, but... But you're telling me um, that your use of credit cards will accelerate that process, right? Yes, but I've heard a lot of you know, bad opinions about it on uh, on this show. And I, I was wondering if you guys know something I don't, or maybe like Here's I'm the difference. Being, we're we're not financial prodigies. Here. We're fallible humans who Here. realize that psychology plays a huge part in how we spend our money. Here's the difference. Number one, we probably disagree on philosophy around money, which is fine. But the difference is if I go into a gym and I talk to a trainer where most people go to a gym and talk to a trainer when they need help. And I walk in and go, look, dude, I'm swole. Look at me. I, I'm ripped. Like I, I can already bench press this much. I can already do. Then I'm looking at it. I'm going great. Keep doing it. Like keep doing your thing. Why are you talking to me? And so part of me is wondering, do you want help or do you want to just tell us how awesome your thing is? If you, if you truly want us to change your mind, we can talk about that. But at the, at the end of the day, our philosophies are totally different. You're living in a world where, you're caring about credit, your credit score. You love utilizing and leveraging debt. And you're a grown man. You can do that all day. But we live in a world where we say exactly the opposite. And if you really do want to sit in kind of like tit for tat it and kind of say, you think this, here's what we think, and kind of like uh, play the fence on it, like we can do that. But I, I don't think that's what you want. I kind of, and I don't unless that is what you i mean do you want to be swayed in the other direction or do you want to convince us why you're right let's do this i mean absolutely like i i'm completely open to constructive criticism okay um if there is an argument against it absolutely well let's play it out with your own situation let's just play it out i truly want to help you as fun as it is to have a friendly debate yeah what do you make a year 
Um, I make, I don't know how much it adds up to in a, in a year, but I make it, uh, I bring home 5300 a month. That's your take-home pay after taxes? Uh, yes. 5300 a month. Okay, okay. good. All right. And so you make you bring home 63,000 a year. How much of that have you put away for investing in savings? Every I year. Put my my living expenses including like well just anything I need all the essentials, I only pay like $1500 a month. Everything else just goes into investments. What so kind I'm of investments? More than half of my paycheck into investments. So you're investing like 60% of your check into investments every month. So $3800 goes to investments. What mm-hmm. investment is that and what account? So I have ETFs on like Charles Schwab. Um, I also have like a, a 401k. Okay, uh, good. I, I do the, the matching 5%, no more than that. Do you own a but, home? Yeah, the rest of it just goes into my my ETFs. Okay, but you told us you don't have an emergency fund. Oh, uh, yeah. I Well, I do keep like an extra 10K in my savings account. Okay. And, and that just sits there. I don't touch it. Do you own a home? I do not. That was going to be another question, but I didn't want to take up too much time. Do you have any debt? I do not. Well, aside from the credit cards, but I don't carry a balance. Okay. So here's the truth. The wealth that you've accumulated has nothing to do with credit cards, Kyle. It has everything to do with your ability to flex your savings muscle and put away 60% of your income on live on less than you make. Yeah. So you're much more aligned to us than you think. And I walk through, okay. uh, you're the character in the book, uh, Breaking Free from Broke, that I wrote on the credit cards chapter. I walk through the eight character archetypes. You are what I consider the perfect spender. And you said the quote. Oh, wow. I said the reason, I pay off my card on time and in full every month. I never pay a dime in interest. I treat it just like a debit card. And here's the thing. Even if you pay it off perfectly, every study shows that you spend more when you use a credit card. So you're in, you're in the majority, you know, half the, 48% of people statistically pay off their card every month. So you're in the 48%, but here's the deal. Researchers from MIT did a study in 2021. They used F- MRI technology, and they looked at brain activity when people were swiping that card. And so this is what's wild. We've already proven that credit cards reduce the pain of payment, but this study added another layer. Not only do credit cards release the brakes on spending, they also cause our brain to step on the gas, accelerating the spending. And so when it hurts less, it costs more. And I'm telling you, when you spend your own money, even though you tell me you treat it just like cash or a debit card, I'm telling you, it causes more pain than using someone else's money and paying it back later. Mm. And so I think you'd be doing even better. I think so too. I think you're you're giving too much credit to credit cards. And I think you need to give yourself more credit that you're really, in many ways, you're really great at handling your money. And like to George's point, credit cards are really just holding you back. You've proven that you have the restraint and you have the foresight to go, you know, I I could save 50, 60% of my income. Like that's a muscle a lot of people and a discipline that a lot of people don't have. And so I think that credit cards are really a dead weight in your plan. And when okay. you look at the rewards, I mean, most of these are 2% cash back. Of course, yeah. And then you got the it's airline miles. Dying, but they add up. Mm-hmm. Sure, but it adds up. If you're making 60K take home, you might be getting 1,000 in rewards. Yeah. yeah. Th- that doesn't add up to much when it comes to wealth building. Well, I, I mainly, uh, you know, I, I'll uh, farm the, the sign-up bonuses. So, like, if I if I plan on buying a computer, it, it, if it's, like, a purchase I'm already planning on making, um, I'll, like, find a credit card that will give me a sign-up bonus 
was, you know, I'll utilize that like a thousand dollars it wants me to spend yes. and earn a hundred dollars back. And you can play that back. game. And I'm telling you, you can do that and you'll be successful at it. And mm-hmm. you will be the rat in the maze for these credit card companies. And I interviewed someone mm-hmm. from Capital One, an ex-manager who said they run 10,000 experiments on consumers like you to get you to chase the cheese in the maze and think you won. And they zoom out and you go, oh my gosh, I'm a rat in their maze playing mm-hmm. their game. And think about how many yeah, brain calories you've spent. That's my thing, George. I mean, you are spending a lot of brain calories for a smart, successful man serving our country. Too much time and energy mm-hmm. putting into Just maximizing rewards. <laughs> You'd be better off starting a business, a side hustle, and putting your time and energy into that instead of helping Capital One sponsor the next Taylor Swift tour. I'm with so that. I'm going to send you a copy of Breaking Free from Broke. Read the credit cards chapter, and I hope it helps you see our side of the picture. So hang on the line. Taylor will get you a copy of that in the mail. Thank you for your service, truly. It was yeah, fun sparring with you. That was fun. I just like, I value simplicity in life, George. I, I like Ugh. being able to sleep easily at night. I love what you said about brain calories. I got one card in my wallet, Jade, and it's Debit. got money on it. It's I amazing that. how that works. Mm, this life. is The Ramsey Show. If you're a leader, your personal growth matters for your organization because whatever you lead can only grow as much as you do. I know from experience. I've been CEO of Ramsey Solutions for over 30 years, and now I'm sharing that leadership and business coaching experience with you on the Entree Leadership Podcast. I'm taking your calls and helping you figure out how to overcome challenges within your organization. One episode could change your business. Check it out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or on the Ramsey Network app.